0: Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week, we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. And a very good day to you. This is Brad Zocco, and you're listening to the Questions About Heaven podcast. Today we're going back into Revelation, I'm going to spend the next couple of podcasts going into this very, very cataclysmic event in the apocalypse as we know it. We talk about that. That's the name of Revelation in the unveiling of Jesus Christ, but we're also seeing unveiling secondary to the nature of Jesus Christ, the victory of the King of Kings. We're also seeing the unraveling of the world events in which the enemy, the anti-trinity, is trying to fight the supremacy of God and the kingship of Jesus Christ. We're in Revelation chapter 17 talking about the world religion. And even today we see a number of religions which will try to unify mankind against God or in place of God or in ignoring God. Well, we're seeing the culmination of a world religion which is going to be there, which opens up and rolls out the figurative red carpet for the Antichrist, the flesh appearance in the Anti Trinity to come forth, the false Messiah, which we saw in Revelation chapter 13 being introduced. So we're going to read in just a minute. But I want to thank you for joining me. My name is Brad Zockel, and uh, I thank you so much for coming uh, aboard our podcast. Uh, we have gone through a number of different uh, cataclysmic events in the reading of Revelation, the seals, the trumpet judgments, uh, the bowl judgments, and we're looking at these final chapters leading up to the eternal state. And you've been there, and you've been most, most uh, helpful in your encouraging prayers, in your love, and your support. I just really, really appreciate you, my friends. If you'd like to write me, then you can write me at Brad at theheaventour.com. Brad at TheHeavenTour.com Or if you'd like to see our site, see the ministry, it is TheHeavenTour.com That's the name of the website And uh, I'll be heading out on the road here in just a little bit February 11th, I'll be uh, heading over to Salisbury, Maryland Over in the Chesapeake Bay area And I will be speaking at Calvary Baptist Tabernacle In Salisbury, Maryland on the morning of February 11th I think it's about 10.30 in the morning is the morning service and then that evening, it's a community-wide event, uh, the Sugar Shack Bakery is opening up its doors for a community Bible study on heaven. I will be over there speaking there, and boy, they have some wonderful food there as well. I stopped by on my last trip up to the Eastern Shore, and the wonderful friends, uh, Miss Danae and her husband, the owners of uh, the Sugar Shack Bakery, are welcoming, and they are wonderful, wonderful bakers as well. You come on over there and enjoy that. Dayton, Texas is the next weekend stop, South Dayton Baptist Church, and I will be there February 18th in the morning and evening. Pastor Mike Melligan welcomes you. Uh, That is South Dayton, D-A-Y-T-O-N, South Dayton Baptist Church in Dayton, Texas. The following week, it'll be a two-day conference, a Heaven is Home conference in uh, Fayetteville, Georgia. And in Fayetteville, I will be with Pastor Brian Parrish at Lisbon, L-I-S-B-O-N, Lisbon Baptist Church. And I will be uh, spending the time on there, including a lot of uh, the uh, question and answers. There is no cost. I hope you know that. There is no cost whatsoever. You come on in to one or all. And then the next week after that, I'll be flying out to Hollister, California. I will be at Calvary Baptist Church in Hollister, California, all day as a matter of fact i will be there in the uh the weekend and it looks like in salinas i will be having a bible study uh there as well so i'll keep you posted on that what i'd like to do right now is get into our study on revelation and i want to share this and the best thing i would do is read to you this passage again and then we'll go into the next part starting in verse eight now i want to take you back we're talking about the one world government which consumes the world at the time after the Harpazo, the snatching away of the believers and the judgments on the earth. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, Come and I will show you the judgment of the great prostitute who is seated on many waters, by whom the kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality, and with the wine of whose sexual immorality the dwellers on the earth have become drunk. And he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names, and it had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, talking about the finery and the human uh, promotion among this one world religion, all of this, adorned with gold and jewels and pearls, holding in her hand a golden cup full of, what, abominations and the impurities of her sexual immorality. On her forehead was written a name of the mystery, Babylon, the great mother of prostitutes and the earth's abominations. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints. And so there will be, obviously, those that are standing for Christ who will be uh, martyred for the faith. The blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And I saw her and I marveled, meaning wondered greatly. The angel said, why do you wonder? Why do you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman of the beast with seven heads and ten horns that carries her. Okay, here we go, and this is our study for today. The beast that you saw was and is not, and is about to rise from the bottomless pit and go to destruction. And the dwellers on earth, whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, will wonder, will marvel to see the beast because it was and is not and is to come. This calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman is seated there are also seven kings five of whom have fallen one is the other is not yet come and when he does he when he does come he must remain only a little while as for the beast that was and is not it is an eighth but it belongs to the seven and it goes to destruction and the 10 horns that you saw are 10 kings who have not yet received royal power but they are to receive authority as kings for one hour together with the beast these are of one mind and they hand over their power and their authority to the beast. They will make war on the Lamb, capital L, Lamb, Jesus, and the Lamb will conquer them, for he is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and those with him are called and chosen and faithful. That takes us to verse 14. Let's take a look at this. When we look here in uh, Revelation chapter 8, and we're talking about the beast, this is the member, the one member of the anti-trinity the one who is a mockery. This He was introduced in Revelation chapter 13. We talked about him coming out of the waters, which symbolize both the chaos of the world at the time and also the many waters represent the, the nations, the multitudes, the tribes in this. Now, we're, we're talking about a beast, and we could say that this one is indeed, he is an individual, but he's also... I guess you could say an organization. Uh, You could say that this is an empire. Uh, Think of it that way. And when you see this, you're seeing that this one, Daniel talks about this. When you go back to Daniel chapter 7, you will see him talk about this. Daniel and Revelation, as I've told you numerous times, are connected, uh, amazingly connected in this. As a matter of fact, the final class in my undergrad work At Christian College was Daniel and Revelation was the name of it and the tie in between the two is absolutely amazing. Daniel 7 verse 11, I watched then because of the sound of the pompous words which the horn, and that was one, was speaking. I watched till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to a burning flame. When we see this, we see that the beast is talking about his demise, but we also remember his rise is found in Daniel chapter 9 if you remember in Daniel, uh, in Revelation chapter 13, at the introduction of him, that there was a wounding putting, put on him. I saw one of his heads as if it had been slain, and his fatal wound was healed, and the whole earth was amazed, followed after this beast. So you have one that is not to be connected as the one world religion, but is going to be the recipient from the one world religion. And there's a reason why I say this because he is going to use the one world religion and then cast it aside and really be as brutal to those supporting him as he would to anybody. There is no uh, honor among thieves, if you want to say. There is no care. There's no compassion. It is solely, uh, as Nietzsche would talk about in his many writings, a quest for power no matter who you have to step on or have to go. And indeed, when you read the writings of Nietzsche, there's no surprise why Nietzsche had no, no, nothing to do with Christians, found the compassion of Christians to be detestable. You're looking here and you're seeing the uh, the beast had already in Revelation 11, had overthrown the two witnesses, had them taken care of. Of course, they had the resurrection on it. And uh, the Worship goes across the world. Revelation 13 talks about this as you follow it here. But he's coming out of the bottomless pit here. And when you see this here, uh, this one, the beast that's carrying the woman is going to show this one is a connection with this beast that is now uh, going into power. Now, Here's the mind which has wisdom, and it says in verse uh, 9, the seven heads are seven mountains. Now, I want you to know this because there's a lot of times people will say, well, that's really talking about Rome and everything. Well, before we say that, now, I want you to understand something. Mountains can, many times, are talking about, it, they could represent kingdoms. And so we're looking at something a bit broader than that without getting too a specific. Now, I do want to tell you this. When we see this beast, you already get the answer to what's going to happen with him. He's going to go to perdition. Now in that word, that word is a very, very powerful word. So it kind of gives you the ending of what's going to happen here. When you're looking at this, that means annihilation, uh, really punishment, a destruction, okay, a downfall. He's going to go to a downfall. And we even see that he is known as the son of perdition. He's going to go there. In Revelation, you see this all the way through here. You'll, you'll see it in chapter uh, this, this chapter here. In, in this verse 11, he goes to destruction. Now, when we see this, at the time, you're going to see as the, the false assassination and his resurrection in a mockery of Jesus ascending, resurrecting. They're going to see this. But what happens? Those on earth, who do not have any, like like uh, Solomon says, those under the sun, who don't have anything uh, celestial to follow, uh, anything of thinking of God, thinking of the eternal. They're dwellers, and they just love what they see in front of them. They're going to wonder about this. Uh, this passage here, it says, they will be, it literally says a future passive indicative in the Greek, they will be marveling over him. They're going to see him. They're going to see this assassination who can match this one he's so powerful but you see this their thinking is limited because their destiny is destruction themselves their names are not written in the book of life as you see here they have been ones who have rejected as romans one say the the reality of god no one has an excuse and these ones as you read in romans chapter one continue on in that strong uh, uh truth there They have seen the truth, they just don't want it. And what they see here is one that was and is not and yet is. And when you see that, think about, doesn't this sound kind of like Revelation one eighteen about Jesus? Again, the mockery. What would it say in Revelation one eighteen? I am he who lives and was dead and behold, I'm alive forevermore. This one here is trying to show, this false messiah is trying to show this uh, a, a mockery of this and faking out people by saying that he has resurrective powers too, but it tells us here here 's a mind that has wisdom, and when you see this, these seven mountains as we 're looking at it, this is very, very important when we, we when we see this. These seven heads we 'll see are seven kings, but right here you see there's seven mountains now, when you see a mountain you're always going to think of sovereignty. You're going to think of authority. You're going to think of uh, power. Now, when we see that, so let's not get pulled into a specific here. Look at the principle here. There are going to be kingdoms that are going to rise. Now, the eighth one here, this is going to be the, the satanic kingdom as well. You're going to see Five were uh, these, uh, these different uh, kingdoms, and then one was, one is yet. And as you go all through here, you're going to find out the, in Revelation chapter 17, uh, verse 9, you will see this woman sits upon these seven mountains, meaning that this world religion has the grasp on all of these kingdoms here. And as she's there, the waters, as we see in verse 15, represent multitudes, uh, peoples, tongues. So, we're seeing the symbolism of, not only of the common folk, but also of the monarchial leadership. They're all duped in this one world religion, which opens the door for further deception of this one known as uh, the false messiah, uh, the antichrist on here. When we take a look and we're following this, this passage is telling us that this deception then grasps around the world seven kings and kingdoms. Five have fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come. Now when you see this, you could say, well, these are past civilizations. Uh, you think of Medo-Persian, we've talked about the strength of that. When we talk about Daniel and the kingdoms that go by Greece, uh, Babylon, uh, such as that. And then you can say, uh, for example, This one right now, when John is writing this, well, that would be Rome at the time, but then we don't know who the one uh, kingdom to come because this is still in John's future. But you will see this. Whoever this would be, the eighth king is going to be the beast or who we call the Antichrist too. He comes in there. He shows he has power. He shows he has authority. He's going to dictate that over them all. And yet, it tells you, it just keeps reminding you here, his downfall is very clear. He's going to go down. You know, I think about this when we look at people today. What is it, what is it that grasps the, 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 the common man's mind as far as power? What, what causes people, whenever I'm on my different uh, social media presentations, live streaming on TikTok, uh, live classes on YouTube, or posting things, on Instagram or in that time when I have different discussions and Q&A on Instagram or I post something in other social media, Facebook, things. What will happen with many people who would argue the Christian faith? They will emphasize the here and now. As a matter of fact, what I've been very surprised to find is when I will ask them to do research to back what they do, do you realize I've been counting it up now? It's 27 people in a row who refuse to even give one source, even from their own side. Do you know why? I very rarely give my opinion, but I would say this from research. When we go to Q&A on heaven, I don't give an opinion. But on this, what I do see is, we're in a world of soundbites and of clips, one-minute TikTok or YouTubes. There's a shortened version. Why research? I have the here and now. And I see that this could be a precursor to those who do not want to study Do a background check. Vet. They see the Antichrist coming and they wonder at him. Why would you question? We just see what we have. We experience this. And I'm even seeing this now. When somebody comes on and makes a heinous accusation against Christianity, you'll notice in the comment section, I'll say, explain yourself. Give me a background. Give me a source. And I'll say, I don't want to. You give me the source. I want you to think about how, how odd this is. They come and make a source, and they want me to prove their point. That's what happened today. And I'm just not understanding this. You want me to do your homework to prove your point. Do you want to do any research? No, I don't. Well, you're going to see this, the marveling. We don't need to talk about your 2,000-plus-year-old Messiah of that book. We don't need a book. We have the introduction of one that can take care of all of our problems. Look at him. And they're marveling over what is termed the beast, the false messiah, the Antichrist. Now the one world religion is introducing this. And in our next uh, uh, presentation here, when we look at the kingdoms, we're going to see ten kings also falling through. And think about it, the ten toes in Daniel of the, uh, the, the giant uh, vision that he has, uh, ten kingdoms there. And so we see something very symbolic, but I've run out of time. Hey, this is Brad Zockel. Questions about heaven as we go into our Revelation 17 Bible study. We've got some pretty serious stuff here. If you'll follow this verse by verse, this will help you understand in the end times on how God's justice is being enacted, how he allows things to happen, but his justice will be done. Habakkuk said, Lord, I, I need to know, is there going to be justice done? We see the martyrs in Revelation chapter 6. We need to know, when will you have your justice? We see the cry all through the scriptures. You're seeing it enacted here. Remember back in Revelation chapter 10, the wait is over, the judgments are here, and we're seeing the the culmination of it, the finality is involved here. Thank you so much, my friends. We'll do some more study in our next podcast. God bless you. In order for the Heaven Tour to continue fulfilling our mission, we humbly ask for your support. Your generosity allows us to continue to proclaim and explain the biblical truth of Heaven and to mentor many. All eligible donations are tax-deductible, so please prayerfully consider an end-of-year gift. You can send your gift to the Heaven Tour P.O. Box 795 Pickens, South Carolina 29671. Thank you and have a blessed Thanksgiving.